listening to the GCU Law Podcast. On this week's episode, we talk to GCU Law alumna, trainee, and very soon to be newly qualified solicitor, Patricia Taylor. We talk to Patricia about her path into law, her career journey so far, her work with the Scottish Young Lawyers Association and the Law Scott Foundation, and her advice for law students. Thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoy the podcast. So hello and welcome to the GCU Law Podcast. My name is Sinead Stevenson-McCabe and I'm a lecturer in law at GCU. Today I'm here with Lucy McKay, student director of our law clinic, and Patricia Taylor, an alumna of GCU and very soon to be a newly qualified solicitor. So hello Lucy and Patricia. Hello, thank you Sinead. Hello. Um, Hello Patricia, thanks also for me for joining us today. It's so nice to talk to you. First of all, do you want to just give us a quick bit about who you are, I suppose? Of course. Hi, Sinead. Hi, Lucy. Thank you so much for having me along today to chat to you both. As Sinead said, I am a GCU alumna. I studied the LLB at GCU between 2012 and 2016. I then went on to complete my diploma in professional legal practice at the University of Glasgow, and I am now about three weeks away from qualifying as an NQ solicitor with DWF into commercial litigation. And I cannot quite believe that it was four years ago that I graduated from GCU and I'm now sat here talking to you almost <laughs> a solicitor. <laughs> Where's the time gone? <laughs> so we want to talk a bit about your career journey so far. Just start at the beginning, I suppose, with how you got into law, what made you want to choose to do law at university? Okay, thank you, Lucy. Yeah, so I, I decided that I wanted to study law when I had just completed my standard grades, and this really took my family by surprise. I didn't know any lawyers, either personally or through family and friends, but I did know and I started to recognise that there was a very necessary system operating around me, and I was very curious about that. I wanted to know more about that. And through various things that I had observed growing up where I did, the law seemed so far removed from everyone and, and everything that I knew. It was just something that happened around me. Um, and I didn't realise for one minute that I could be a part of that system and potentially contribute to that system because, to be quite honest, no one ever told me that I could. So to study law in my mind was to be regarded as a privilege to, to contribute to that ever-present system um, that I had only ever observed from afar and eventually perhaps another privilege born from that would be to represent others so crucially on a level that they cannot represent themselves and at 16 years old as a young woman that career and that life just seemed so important um, so I applied to GCU and um, was very fortunate that I got in and um, yeah that's that was why I wanted to to become a solicitor. Amazing that, isn't it, Lucy? Because we were talking about this the other day that so many young people, when they come to study law, do so because they want to make a difference. They want to do something in their communities or they want to feel that they're using their skills in a way that actually helps other people. And you just articulated that so perfectly, Patricia. I always think of law as like a caving profession. Um, and, and I think that is it, especially when you're you're young and you see kind of the law operating around you you think well how could I be using this for the benefit of my community yeah it says I think that an experience shared by a lot of 
young people, I know Lucy, you said yourself that was why you wanted to get into law. Was yeah, to, definitely. Yeah, use it yeah. for that common good type idea. And at GCU, tell us about your experience. Like, I know you're involved in the law clinic. Yes, I was at GCU from 2012 to 2016. And I, aside from my classes, I was involved in the GCU law clinic from third year onwards. So I was a general volunteer in my third year, but only for half the year because the second half of the year I went on Erasmus to Lyon in France. And then when I returned, um, I was pleased to be elected as the clinic's operations manager in my final year of the LLB and for any GCU law students listening to this I implore you to get involved with the GCU law clinic this was my first practical real life experience with real clients with real legal problems real people who needed our real help and if anything that cemented my ambition to go on and actually be a solicitor because that's not mandatory with a law degree. Um, and also to, to keep pursuing that objective of representing others on that level that they, they couldn't represent themselves because it was my first tangible experience with that and it was so rewarding okay. um, and really bolstered that, you know, I, I can make that difference. Um, so yes, please get involved. Just what are your favourite subjects? Favourite subjects? So I would say my, it's quite funny, so my second year class with Claire McVagin, who's still a GCU law lecturer to this day, actually incepted my ambition to kind of follow a more commercial path. So I love that and I think that GCU offers such a great range of, of course, substantive, substantive black letter law subjects, but they've always got that practical flair to them. So you feel like you're already applying, you know, what you're learning. So I loved that element of GCU. I really enjoyed my corporate course. But yeah, so I think there's just such a, there's such a broad brush on offer at GCU. And then you can almost embellish what you've learned substantively in class with what you need to apply in the law clinic. So I think, I, I do think it's, it's great, it's a great faculty and a great university for producing round, well-rounded students. Yeah, if I just say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of traineeship then, after GCU, mm -hmm. did the diploma, which, you know, for any kind of first years who might be listening who are new to this whole process, you do the four-year LLB, and then if you want to be a practicing solicitor in Scotland, you do the diploma, and then after the diploma, it's the two-year traineeship, and you trained at, at the commercial firm, that's right, isn't it, Patricia? Yes, so I'm training with a firm called DWF. Um, I'm based in their Edinburgh office. Um, for now, now that I'm doing litigation, most of our um, litigation training is done in the Edinburgh office. And then I also did a year in Glasgow and we operate a six month seat rotation. So every six months you move on to a new department or in, in most firms they call it seats. And I completed a seat in real estate, group legal, commercial litigation and corporate. So quite a broad um, broad suite of subjects for me, which I wanted. Um, I kind of went into the traineeship thinking I'm either going to walk out corporate transactional or contentious commercial litigation. And having had that experience with moving every six months and working with four different teams and four different departments, four different 
demands in terms of clients etc I think that was really the format that was best for me to, to help me make up my mind that I wanted to be a, a commercial litigator. That's so exciting to think that in what three weeks time you'll be yes. a qualified solicitor. Happy I cannot days. believe Congratulations, it. Congratulations Patricia. Thank exciting. you. That's so exciting. Thank you very much. I can't believe it's all real. I'm still pinching myself. Alongside your traineeship and all of that you are also involved in a couple of other organisations so do you want to tell us about SILA first? Yeah of course Um, so for anyone listening who hasn't heard of SILA or the Scottish Young Lawyers Association it is a not-for-profit organisation which exists to represent, educate and entertain Scotland's young lawyers and um, young lawyers being LLB and diploma students Um, trainees and lawyers up to 10 years PQE which is post-qualification experience and I joined SILA as a member when I was in my second year of university and I joined the non-executive committee of SILA in 2019 and was really pleased to be re-elected for a second term for the coming year as well. I joined the SILA committee um, after being a member for a number of of years because I firstly learned so much from just being a member and attending at events and I believe that this the SILA sincerely listens to its members feedback and is member-led so when you attend CPD which is your continued professional development when you are qualifying um, or if you just want to attend as a student then the social events on the calendar are exactly what the members have asked for at varying levels across the profession and um, so whether that be you are LLB diploma um, a trainee or up to 10 years PQE and second of all I really believe in its its core values um, and the difference that the organization is seeking to make within the Scottish legal sphere for its young lawyers and I think this is very much embodied in our objective to represent Scotland's young lawyers I think it's absolutely vital that we have an independent platform through which to voice comments and concerns And fundamentally, we're seeking to create the best possible environment in which our members learn and practice by garnering the views of its future, which is Scotland Young Lawyers. As a member, what things did you do? Like, what were the events that you could attend? Yeah, so you can attend any event that is on um, the SILA Eventbrite page. And these range from... So You Want To Be, the So You Want To Be series. So that could be So You Want To Be a sports lawyer, So You Want To Be duly qualified, So You Want To Be an energy solicitor. Um, And we get leading experts and maybe even juniors in the field to come in and we just take questions from the audience. We'll have some presentations and then some um, networking afterwards. And it's if, if you are a student listening to this and you think I have an interest in space law or energy the energy sector or um retail food and drink whatever if that's fed back to silo we will try and get an event on the cards and introduce you to the right people because as we were talking about earlier it's never it's never too early to to start feeding into your own network and i guess building your brand i think another uh, final really important point about um young lawyers interaction with SYLA is the collegiality that it it really helps to promote. So I, for one, was particularly proud of SYLA during the first few months of um, the the coronavirus lockdown period because we introduced a 
meets the committee series where each committee member shared their lockdown experience and I guess tips for coping with what was frankly a very difficult time and I think these these sorts of efforts from SYLA amidst the sea of business as usual business as usual type rhetoric and and posts it maintains a, a human element for our members that we're all sharing similar concerns and promoted additional collegiality when it was really needed um, yeah. and we got a lot of good feedback about that that you know I had just said something silly about how I'm no runner and I'm no avid baker but right now I'm getting through by just putting on a record and dancing around my house yeah. much to my parents dismay <laughs> and it just it, it humanizes the profession I think which can be quite rigid and you know we need to we need to get on ultimately yeah. we're, we're going through what might be the most challenging period in some of our lives um, and some people will find it more challenging than others and I think having Sila there to even just engage with and make you laugh um, yeah. was really really important and in injecting that human element into our young lawyers lives yeah absolutely for sure. I love that series So also, if you want to talk a bit about the work that you do with the Law Scott Foundation. Of course. So the Law Scott Foundation is the Law Society of Scotland's social mobility charity. And it seeks to help academically talented students from less advantaged backgrounds in Scotland through their legal education and offers financial assistance, mentoring and other forms of necessary support to the Law Scott students throughout their LLB and their diploma in professional legal practice. And I sit on the fundraising committee of the Law Scott Foundation. Um, I'm very passionate about its work. I believe that your background should never be a determinant of your future success. And I want to spread that message personally as, as far and wide as I possibly can. Um, and actually, I've, I've found upon reflection through my work with the likes of the Law Scott Foundation and the Law Society's mentoring scheme. Um, and for any students who are listening, this is a mentoring platform whereby solicitors, trainees can take on a mentorship role with students. Um, but, but through this role, I have become more confident in speaking about my own story. Um, I find the students awe-inspiring um, and they've made me more brave in terms of challenging the status quo and I think that shows just how life-changing program programs like this can be for the recipients and also for people who want to get behind it and I personally think overarchingly if we insist on creating an environment in which we have respect for each other's stories and refuse to regard background or upbringing as synonymous with ability our sector and its people will thrive ultimately drop the mic that's, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, was, I was still in the zone there listening you're absolutely right though Patricia I mean I think the social mobility work that you're doing and and the Law Scott Foundation are doing is so important um, because traditionally our profession has very much been as a profession that um, has a certain degree of, or a certain perception of, of the kind of person who is a lawyer. And there's a lot of work being done to, to change that because in actual fact, our profession is diverse and it's becoming more diverse every single day, every new intake of students makes our profession, I would say more diverse and therefore better. Yes. Um, but, but to make 
um, the profession accessible, it is important to recognise that social mobility work needs to be done. Yes. And I think the Law Scott Foundation is just doing great work on, on that front, particularly the, the financial incentives and schemes that are on offer there, because that, that does create real opportunities for, for young people. It really does. 100%. Uh, it's so important not just to, for numbers on a screen to say like we've got 50% this and 20% this because Agreed. we are to represent properly people we need to understand their experiences and if we don't have things like the social the social mobility work that you're doing and um, Sila as well the profession can properly represent the people that it aims to help. Lady Hill um, you know a feminist legal icon um, but Lady Hill had think said so articulately about this. She said in a speech recently um, that the absence of women from the bench is even more important than our presence in the message that it sends out and the absence of black and minority ethnic judges is even more eloquent. And I think that's true. I think we need to, as a profession, think about that and think about what message that sends to society. If you have a particular type of person in that space, does that mean it's not for you? And I think that, yeah, the work that Law School Foundation that you're doing really makes that very real. It really does. Speaking then of the Law Scott Foundation, how can our young people at GCU get involved with that? Where can they get information about that kind of work? So um, in terms of involvement, there are always small initiatives, you know, every little bit helps. Um, for example, at the start of lockdown, we put out a campaign which was donate your commute. And then I had also suggested, why don't we do um, a sort of ancillary campaign called Donate Your Morning Coffee. I don't know how much money um, I had previously spent in Starbucks, um, <laughs> but it won't be happening again. Um, and I'd much rather donate it to something like the Law Scott Foundation. So I think just keeping an eye out on, on the Law Scott Foundation's website, um, we are quite active on um, Twitter. Please feel free to add me on Twitter or LinkedIn. I am always sharing about the foundation's work and how people can get involved. Um, and yeah, just keeping an eye out. There's also a fantastic new platform which has just launched called Legable. Yeah, so Legable is a resource which collates information from across the UK with an aim to improve social mobility in the legal profession. And that includes job opportunities, that includes funding and scholarships, and it also includes events and really the whole idea of their mission. And if, if you go on their website, you can find out more about this is to make sure that law students, regardless of their background, have the access to the same opportunities um, as, as their peers. It's, it's a brilliant piece of work from a friend of the podcast, uh, Lauren, who is an incredible young woman um, and young lawyer herself. She just started the diploma in legal practice. And this Lauren's whole idea has been to create this, this website, which is sort of an online um, networking tool for, for young people. So I'd highly recommend that. And it complements so perfectly the work you're doing with the Law Scott Foundation. It's that whole idea of widening access and ensuring that all young people have access to the same opportunities in their journey as, as lawyers. Yes. You know, Lauren is, is an incredible young woman and I certainly foresee a very bright future for her and um, the legal platform.
So we talked about how you can get involved with Law Scott Foundation, but there's also the mentoring scheme and also actually how you can become a member at SILA. Firstly, in terms of the Law Society's mentoring scheme, I became a mentor, um, I think about a year and a half ago now. And I would advise anyone who's listening to this who is perhaps a trainee or um, has additional um, PQE um, to get involved. It is so rewarding to see a young student thrive under your advice and your tutelage but more so it's it's so rewarding to see them take their own initiative on things that they probably um well actually definitely previously came to you for advice on um and mentoring is not about fixing or solving the problems for the student it is about helping them realize their capabilities in order to do so themselves um i just signed up through the law society's um website and we can put a link at the bottom lucy assures yeah. me she will put a link at the bottom yeah, um <laughs> and there is a portal which students can sign up to and the students can um note what sort of experience they're looking for in their mentor so um, if someone has a particular interest in real estate or a particular sector you can note that down um, trainees themselves can also opt to be a mentee rather than a mentor so it's a quite a broad scheme which caters for all levels um, and all sort of personal objectives um, the mentoring relationship can be as hands-on or hands-off as um, the mentee decides. So we leave it to our mentees to decide how much assistance they need. Um, so you could meet twice a year or you could meet twice a month. Um, and right now we are obviously utilizing online platforms for that. So you can just, I don't know, catch catch a quick coffee with your mentee over, over Zoom. Or um, if you would prefer to have an ongoing email chain that also works really well and um, depending on what problems your mentee is currently facing um, and this is is completely free to sign up um, and there are a wealth of um, brilliant mentors waiting on the platform to be paired with mentees so I'd encourage any students to to consider this. Yeah that's such a good resource to have like there's so many times where you just need some confirmation that what Absolutely. you're thinking is right yeah there's there's no silly questions right but sometimes there's yeah. places that feel safer to ask yeah definitely no yeah. silly questions um, 100%. Yeah, i think that's that's a definitely a good, a good place to be in terms of joining the scottish young lawyers association as a member membership is completely free and it is a less than five minute sign up process on our website if you just google sila you will be directed to to the sign up portal Great. I feel this podcast has been packed full of advice for students starting I, but if there's anything oh. specific <laughs> that you would like to share or some tip, tips and tricks for any young lawyers starting their journey. My top tips would be and this is something that stayed with me from my first day of my LLB is to keep an open mind. So my first day of law school, the head of faculty at the time, Moira McMillan, noted that many of us would be sitting in the audience quite self-assured of the kind of lawyer that we wanted to be or that we didn't want to be a lawyer at all. And I guarantee that at least 50% of us had a very different idea of what we wanted to do at the end of the degree. 
um, as compared to when we went in. So, so keep an open mind, go into all of your subjects with, with a fresh head and an open mind in terms of what, what you can learn, what you can gain from, from each module. And you never know the one that you thought you were going to despise, you might love. As we've kind of touched upon earlier, I'd also say it's never too early to start building your brand. So um, have a look at what's out there. Are you interested in joining the Scottish Young Lawyers Association? Is there a law society committee that you're interested in? Go along to things just out of pure curiosity. Um, do you want to write for the um, GCU law blog? Do you want to join the law clinic? Um, just consider, um, do things because you're interested, but also consider how that helps you to, to build your brand, as I say. Um, I think it's, it's quite cliche, but organisation is so key. If like me, you're going to have to be juggling numerous part-time roles in order to get through your, your law degree and even just buy your books, consider um, is there going to be any time left for, for you? Um, and that's something that I really struggled with at university. And if I could go back, I might, um, I might take a little bit more time for, for myself. Um, so just health is wealth. So <laughs> um, consider, consider that too. Um, I think law is challenging and, and it can be competitive and there's no two ways about that. Um, and, but I don't think there's a law student out there who hasn't ever had that sense of self-doubt that imposter syndrome of am I good enough? Particularly when you get to third year and onwards and you're focusing on your future and your traineeship applications, etc. Um, but one thing to remember, and I wish someone had told me this, is that you're already competing. Your hat is already in the ring because you made it so. Um, so you're already good enough, but don't feel that you're alone in feeling those feelings. Um, we've all experienced that. And, and as I said before, I wish someone had reaffirmed that to me when imposter syndrome which we all feel was at its height and um yeah one final word of advice get involved with the gcu law clinic you won't regret it thanks to patricia for talking to us Links to everything that we talked about in this episode will be available in the show notes, which you can find at www.caledonianblogs.net slash lawclinic under the GCU Law tab. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at GCU Law Clinic for updates on the podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it.